You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression, issuesetc.org, and enter your email address. The hymn, Thee Will I Love, My Strength, My Tower. Now, in the coming Sunday, there's a question that is posed. What is the greatest of all the commandments? And the answer, of course, agreed upon by both parties, Jesus and his opponents, is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your strength, and your mind. And the second is like it. That is, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says all of the law and prophets are comprehended in these two commandments. What does that mean? Welcome back to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. It's time to look forward to Sunday morning according to the one-year lectionary, going toward that great commandment and the question, whose son is the Christ? Pastor Peter Bender joins us. He's pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, welcome back. Good to be with you, Todd. Get us into the theme of this coming Sunday by way of the hymn of the day, Thee Will I Love, My Strength, My Tower. Sure, what a lovely hymn. Just listen to verse 1. Thee will I love, my strength, my tower. Thee will I love, my hope, my joy. Thee will I love with all my power, with ardor time shall ne'er destroy. Thee will I love, O light divine, so long as life is mine. In the Gospel for the Day, Jesus is in an argument started by the Pharisees. What is the greatest commandment? And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So love for God is a theme for the day. Love for God above all things. And this love is ultimately fulfilled in Christ who died for our sins and sacrificed himself for us. The gospel clearly teaches that he is the fulfillment of the entirety of the scriptures. You know, upon these two commandments, love for God and love for the neighbor, hang all the law and the prophets. So the entirety of the scriptures rest upon what Jesus has done. He is love incarnate. He is the son of David, as the gospel for the day proclaims him to be in the son of God, who by the shedding of his blood has placed every enemy of sin, Satan, and death under his feet. And that's why we love him. So in the hymn of the day, love for God above all things, a love that we are wholly incapable of because of our sinful nature, is nonetheless a love that is born in us, only through the receiving of God's love in Christ in the gospel. 
So the hymn of the day expresses this love for God born of the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a a beautiful, wonderful way. It is a meditation and a confession of faith. We're wholly incapable of it apart from the miracle of the Holy Spirit through the word of the gospel, and yet the Holy Spirit works that miracle in us as a gift of God's grace. So we'll look at some of the further verses of that hymn of the day at the end, but it's a great confession of faith, and it's a lovely hymn, Thee Will I Love My Strength, My Tower. And this accent that I just introduced about we can't love God except by a miracle of the Holy Spirit when we receive that love. I think our catechism connection, Todd, should take us most especially to each of the three articles of the creed. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He does what he does because he is the God of love. You know, under the first article of creation, Luther says, all this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. And the love of God is expressed there in the second article, the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ in terms of redemption Luther says there, he's redeemed me with his holy, precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own. And then under the third article of the creed, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of love who proceeds from the Father and the Son, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts. So that theme of God's love in God's actions to us, proclaimed in the gospel, centering in the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross, who loved his Father with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and because of that loved us in place of himself and sacrificed himself for us. It's that love of God proclaimed in the gospel that creates the miracle of faith and love for God that this lovely hymn of the day, Thee Will I Love, My Strength, My Tower, speaks of. What is the collect for the day? The collect reads this way, O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. So, the mention of hearts should cue us in to this theme of love again. The premise of the collect is that without the Lord, we are wholly unable to please God or to utilize the theme that we began with love God. So the collect petitions God mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Without the Lord, we are wholly unable to please God. You know, as Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But such faith in the heart is a miracle of the Holy Spirit through the word of the gospel. So mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Our hearts are the seat of faith. We say this quite often. Faith's affections, our will, our desire, and our intellect as they are carried along and driven by our faith in Christ. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we cannot abide in the faith and in the love which are in Christ Jesus. He must therefore, as the Collect says, direct and rule our hearts 
in all things. So it's really like petitioning the Lord to to govern and rule us by the grace of God, by the love of God in Christ, so that in all that we think and say and do, that becomes the the, the motivating force in our lives. The intro it is Psalm 122 and a little bit of liturgical text. Yeah, the antiphon is a liturgical text. And what liturgical texts are thoroughly biblical, but they are sort of like a composite of lots of themes or words that you would find elsewhere in the scriptures or in the Psalter. I mean, we can look at the Apostles' Creed in the same sort of way. You know, it's you can't find it in any one chapter and verse, but boy, it just breathes the language of the scriptures. So the intro, it begins this way. Give peace, O Lord, to those who wait for you, and let your prophets be proven faithful. Hear the prayer of your servants, according to the blessing of Aaron upon your people. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. So may they be secure who love you. I mean, to love the house of the Lord, to love Jerusalem, to love the divine service, to love going to church, to love singing the hymns, to love listening to preaching, to love the absolution, to love the Lord's Supper is to love Jesus. All of the Old Testament prophets, the blessing of Aaron, the house of the Lord, the city of Jerusalem, as God constituted it as the city of peace, Jerusalem, through his service to his people, all of that that this intro it mentions finds its fulfillment in Christ Jesus, who loved his father with all his heart and his neighbor as himself. So through faith in Christ Jesus, we who have confessed our sins and then been absolved, pray this intro it, give peace, O Lord, to those who wait for you. And so like the congregation of Israel in the daily sacrifice waited after confessing their sins for the priest to come out of the holy place and then to say, the Lord bless you and keep you. So the divine service is the place of reconciliation for the congregation, burdened by sinful weakness, reconciliation with God, reconciliation with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we confess, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. I love that plural pronoun in this context. If you think of the Old Testament church, a gathering communally each day to confess their sins and to receive the absolution corporately from the priest. So we gather in the divine service to confess our sins corporately and to let go of our sins one against another and to receive the Lord's absolution, which reconciles us to God and to one another. So I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be with you, which extends that peace of sins forgiven from Christ to us and from us to one another within the body of Christ. And so the intro kind of concludes there, may they be secure who love you. And we are secure in the love of Christ because he loves us and has sacrificed himself for us. And then in love, on the basis of Christ's merit, has absolved us of our sins. What's the Alleluia verse? 
The Alleluia verse is Psalm 117, verse 1. Alleluia! Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. Alleluia! So the gospel reading will proclaim Christ as the Son of David and the Son of God from Matthew chapter 22. So this verse calls forth to the nations who hear this preaching of Christ Jesus in all of its fullness to praise the Lord, to extol him, or to give all honor to him because of who he is and for what he has done for us. So it's kind of like this Alleluia verse as a trumpet call. Alleluia! Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. Alleluia! You think of his redemption and his death and resurrection, and then the proclamation of that saving work in the gospel, which centers in Christ's sacrifice of love for us. Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. On the other side of the break, as we look forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, we'll get into the gospel reading from Matthew 22. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start. The Foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org. This fall in creation is bested by tornado, hurricane, flood, pandemic, and more. LCMS Disaster Response helps our congregations, their pastors, and other church workers to reach out to their members and neighbors with mercy, which flows from Christ's altar. We offer quality volunteer training, help for congregational readiness and response, and disaster grant funding. To learn more, visit lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster. Real Reformation Radio, you're listening to Issues Etc. In a city known for the latest in songwriting and the performance of music, we offer the sweet sound of the timeless gospel and the historic liturgy in worship. Redeemer Lutheran Church in Nashville, Tennessee, is a place where God's people receive the gifts of Christ and sing praises with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. If you are vacationing in Music City or are moving to the area, Please join us for divine service at 10.30. Find out more at RedeemerNashville.org. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Despite how difficult it is to interact with other people, the clinically depressed need interaction. Keep it short and to the point. Give a smile, a hug, a friendly word that you know things are hard for them, and that you are praying for them. These things can make the difference between a dark and dreary day 
and one where the light of God's love starts to shine through. That's Pastor Todd Peppercorn reading from his book, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. You can listen to this new audio book for free. Just enter your email address into the pop-up ad at issuesetc.org, and we'll send you a link to listen and to download I Trust When Dark My Road. We're looking forward to Sunday morning. According to the one-year lectionary, Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. Pastor Bender, the gospel reading for this coming Sunday, Matthew 22, beginning at verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Jesus silenced the Sadducees, who deny the resurrection. They had said, a woman had a husband, and the husband died, and then one by one she had another brother and another brother, and each of them died in the resurrection. Whose wife will she be? And so Jesus silenced them, these Sadducees who denied the resurrection, by saying to them, as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So that's what immediately precedes the gospel for this Sunday. And that's why it begins when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. What were the Pharisees doing? The Pharisees gathered together after they saw how Jesus silenced the Sadducees, to take their turn in challenging Jesus with a question that the rabbis often debated in the ancient world. What is the greatest commandment in the Torah of God, in the law of God? And Jesus answers their question quite directly. He quotes essentially from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's Deuteronomy 6, 5. These words from Deuteronomy immediately followed what is called the Shema Israel, which was Israel's creed. And that creed was this, the Lord alone is our God and he is one God, the only one. This Shema Israel, Shema literally means hear, hear, O Israel. To hear is to believe, to trust, 
to receive the word, to rely upon the Lord, out of which then the confession of faith comes, namely, the Lord alone is our God, and he is one God, the only one. Here we see the notion that the heart is the seat of faith, and the affections of faith, the will of faith, the desire of faith, and the mind which flows from faith. So Jesus quotes this passage, rendering it with the words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So you got that Shema Israel, that confession, the Lord alone is our God, and he is one, the only God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. In other words, with the totality of one's being, we are to love God. The second greatest commandment, Jesus says, is like the first. And here too, he quotes from the Old Testament Torah. And the two commandments are interdependent upon each other. Love your neighbor as yourself is dependent upon love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Jesus says the second is like it, that is the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, how does one rightly love himself? And I think, Todd, this is an important question. Because if you love yourself above all things, then you will invariably become completely bent in in selfishness upon yourself. So it's an important question. What is it to love your neighbor as yourself? How does one rightly love himself? And the answer is tied to the first and greatest commandment, namely by loving God. In other words, if one loves God with all one's heart, soul, mind, strength, one will love the neighbor rightly. One will love himself rightly. So to be clear, to love God with all one's heart, soul, and mind is to love oneself. And this is the love with which we are to love our neighbor. So the love for the neighbor is driven exclusively by our love for God. And they can never be disconnected. And this gives an entirely different perspective to the love of self. If the love of self is disconnected from the love for God above all things, then it is entirely self-centered and self-serving. This would turn the love for the neighbor into horrible serving of the neighbor's sinful heart and mind and will in which we yield to whatever the neighbor thinks or desires. And we have that in spades in our modern culture where the individual decides what is right for him or herself. And all of the aberrations in our society that overturn the order of creation, what it is to be male and female and so forth, the list can go on and on, are rooted in this idea that the self is the center. And whatever the self wants, whatever the self desires should be accepted. So to love your neighbor as yourself, in that schema, it would disconnect such a love from God, which is no love at all. So this is not the love at all because it is disconnected from that which must drive love for the neighbor, namely love for God. Parents do this all of the time. Their love for the children is not seen in how they indulge the children in whatever their children demand in their temper tantrums. But 
Out of love for God, they give and they say and they speak to their children what they need to receive, even if it denies, and especially if it denies their children the things that they desire from their baser nature. So it can be said correctly that he who loves God with all his heart, soul, and mind loves himself and rightly loves his neighbor. So love your neighbor as yourself rests upon loving God with all one's heart. Now, this then begs the question, what is love, doesn't it? And I would say this, to surrender one's entire life to God, and from this surrender to God, to give one's life then to the neighbor. The word for love in this gospel is the imperative form of that Greek word agape, which refers to God's love, God's nature of self-giving love which we find in Jesus. We have a description of that love, don't we? In 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about love is patient and kind. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. The quintessential expression then of that love is how Jesus, out of love for his father, then laid down his life in love for us in the sacrifice of the cross. So that's the kind of love that we're talking about here to surrender one's entire life to God and from this surrender to God to give one's life to the neighbor. Now the ESV translation says that upon these two commandments, love for God and love for the neighbor as oneself, depend all the law and the prophets. We could say it this way. Since the law and the prophets refer to the entirety of the Old Testament scriptures, we could say it this way. Everything in all of the scripture depends upon the proper understanding of the commandments to love God and to love the neighbor. And ultimately, these commandments, which the law and the prophets proclaim, come to their fruition, their zenith in Christ and his sacrifice upon the cross. The gospel for the day then concludes with this interesting thing. Jesus questioning the Pharisees. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? So the Sadducees, immediately prior to this gospel, had questioned Jesus about the resurrection. The Pharisees then questioned Jesus about the greatest commandment. And now Jesus turns and questions the Pharisees. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. And they were right. Then Jesus challenges them with another question, the implications of which are profound. He says, how then does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, and then he quotes from Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If then David calls him Lord, and he's the son of David, how is he his son? And they were unable to to answer him. It is significant that Jesus concludes the interrogation from the Sadducees and then from the Pharisees with this set of questions of his own, because both the Sadducees and the Pharisees essentially denied they needed a savior at all. For them, Messiah, the messianic hope, 
centered on someone who would pat them on the back or reward them for their obedience to the law. But the greater son of David does no such thing. The assertion that Christ is both son of God and son of David destroys their own self-centered works righteous belief system. Further, the totality of God's law in the Old Testament scriptures, to love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your heart and with all your might, is not fulfilled by them, but by him who is son of God in human flesh and the descendant of King David. And so I think this is a way to see how this gospel for the day all hangs together around Jesus' discussion of what the law and the prophets speak about in terms of love for God and love for the neighbor. Upon these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets and then find their fulfillment in the greater son of David, the son of God incarnate in human flesh. We will return to that commandment of which Jesus speaks there in the gospel reading in the Old Testament reading in Deuteronomy 10 next. week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Paul visits James, Paul arrested in the temple, Paul asks to speak, Paul's story begun, and Paul's story interrupted. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression, issuesetc.org, and enter your email address. The Gospels report Jesus saying some rather shocking things. For instance, in Luke 14, he tells his disciples, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. How can Jesus say such things? What about some of the other more difficult teachings of Scripture? Do you have questions about them? Well, we answer many of these in the October issue of The Lutheran Witness. Pick up your copy today at cph.org slash witness. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the world from a Lutheran perspective. Teaching your student to read should not be complicated. Memoria Press's phonics uses common sense and the classical approach with their First Start Reading program for the most effective and efficient way to teach your child how to read. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Christ-centered, cross-focused, you're listening to Issues Etc. When Martin Luther preached the dedication for the Torgau Church, he asserted that nothing else happened in this house but that our dear Lord speak to us and we respond in prayer, thanksgiving, and praise. Issues Etc. guest Dr. John Pless. The same could be said of Concordia Theological Seminary. This is a place 
where our Lord speaks to us through his word, and we respond in joyful and thankful confession. We therefore invite you to visit our campus where the word of Christ dwells among us richly. Learn more about studying for the vocations of pastor or deaconess at ctsfw.edu or call 1-800-481-2155. Forming servants in Jesus Christ to teach the faithful, reach the lost, and care for all. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. ctsfw.edu or 1-800-481-2155. Welcome back to Issues Etc. On this Monday, October the 2nd, we are looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, the 18th Sunday after Trinity with Pastor Peter Bender, pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, we come to the Old Testament reading, which is from Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 through 21. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth, with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise, he is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. This is the word of the Lord. I love this Old Testament reading. You can hear the Shema Israel, the Lord our God is the only God, and you can hear the emphasis upon his love for us. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and earth, the heaven of heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. We can apply those same words to the Christian congregation and the baptized faithful. So we mentioned the Shema Israel in connection with the gospel for the day. The Lord alone is our God, and he is one God, the only God, which was followed up by the Lord's command in the next verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. And that's what Jesus is then expanding upon here, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and might. Now here in the Old Testament, also from Deuteronomy chapter 10, we have the same theme of love the Lord your God captured in phrases like, fear the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, love him, serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which are for your good and not for your harm, 
So here this understanding of the commandments and the statutes of the Lord are not given to destroy us, but they're given for our good. And then this Old Testament reading rests the command to love God and to keep his commandments for our good on the fact that to him belong the heavens and the earth and all that is in them and how he chose Israel in love to be his own. So the Lord God is both creator, according to this text, and redeemer, as the text accents. The reference to circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn is the call to repent of impenitence and self-righteous pride. When we see that in the Old Testament children of Israel, we're seeing something of our old Adam, our sinful flesh. And it stands then as a warning for us, lest we continue in the impenitence and unbelief. So circumcise the foreskin of your heart, be no longer stubborn, the call to contrition and faith that the word of God extends to us. So God's grace is the basis for this circumcision of the heart. You can't bribe him. He shows no partiality or favoritism. Rather, he is the Lord God who executes justice for the fatherless and the widow. Where does he do that? Ultimately, he does that in the cross. And he loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing, another accent like we talked about in the creed, first, second, and third article, emphasizing the grace of God, the love of God in our creation, in our redemption, and in our sanctification. And then the reading comes full circle in describing love for God above all things. He is your God. He is your praise. Hold fast to him, your creator, your redeemer, your sanctifier. The Gradual and the Psalm? The Gradual, Wonder of Wonders, is Psalm 122, verses 1 and 7. It was in the intro for the day. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. So let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said this to me. That repeats the verses from the intro at Psalm. What's going on here? Well, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, then serves as a kind of antiphon, not simply for the intro for the day, but for all of the propers for the day. So to love the Lord our God is to delight in going to his house, to hear his word, to receive his absolution, to enjoy his sacraments, to sing the great songs of praise, thee will I love my strength, my tower. And if we don't use the gradual for the day, the psalm of the day is Psalm 34, verses 8 through 22. Verse 19 is the antiphon, but let me set it up. Then I just want us to hear it. Setting up this portion of Psalm 34, faith in Christ and love for the Lord above all things, for who he is and for what he has done is reflected in this psalm. So this psalm becomes a kind of confession of faith and a reflection for us on why we love him. So this kind of psalm becomes, if you will, a reflection of the miracle of faith and the miracle of love for Christ that is created in our hearts by the gospel and a love that is not only created by the gospel, but according to the gospel, he continues to love us. So the psalm reads this way, beginning with the antiphon, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. 
O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So one final word on the psalm for the day. I wanted to set it up the way I did as a an expression of faith in Christ and love for the Lord for what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us. We should also note that every psalm, and this is no exception, every psalm is a messianic psalm. We stand righteous in Christ who declares us righteous by grace alone, through faith alone, and not by our works, but by the works of Jesus in his suffering and death and love for us. We hear this psalm quoted during the Passion. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. You know, the Old Testament sacrifices, the Passover lamb, you couldn't break its bones or it would be defiled. Well, when Jesus died upon the cross, not one of his bones was broken. Even though he was slain for us, he was the perfect sacrifice. And his righteousness is that which covers us. And we might go through afflictions, even as he did. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But because we are declared righteous for Jesus' sake, the Lord delivers us out of every affliction. And if they come, they serve his good and gracious purposes. We are looking forward to Sunday morning according to the one-year lectionary with Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. This is Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Join Lutherans for Life and Why for Life in Washington, D.C. Thursday, January 18th through the 20th for the 2024 Why for Life Conference. Find out more about this free conference at lutheransforlife.org. Great events, speakers, and social time. The 2024 Why for Life Conference in Washington, D.C. lutheransforlife.org. We'll get into the epistle reading for this coming Sunday next. Was the reformer Martin Luther innovating or in error when he added the word alone to Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith alone apart from works of the law? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. Journal. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. Donna Harrison details her journey to confessional Lutheranism from Catholicism, Scientism, Mysticism, and Evangelicalism. The free online Issues Etc. journal. Just click the red journal subscription button at issuesetc.org.
Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. The Faith Once for All Delivered to the Saints. You're listening to Issues Etc. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Register today. The 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference is October 11th through the 13th at the Holiday Inn Cincinnati Airport in Erlanger, Kentucky. The conference includes visits to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. Online registration is open now with early bird pricing at lutheransforlife.org conference. Lutherans for Life. Equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutheransforlife.org Welcome back. Pastor Peter Bender is our guest. He's helping us look forward to Sunday morning according to the one-year lectionary. Peter, the next proper is the epistle for this coming Sunday, and that's in 1 Corinthians 1. Yes, I'm going to start the same way we did with the psalm. I'm going to give you some things to think about first, and then we hear the text. There's what's sometimes the case with epistle readings is they are extremely compact. Sometimes we think about Paul and these long Greek sentences, and it's true, he writes these long Greek sentences, but they are jam-packed with meaning. And so I'm going to actually give us some things to think about before reading the epistle. First, Paul greets the Corinthian Christians as one who was called by the grace of Christ to be an apostle, even as they were called by the gospel to faith in Christ and the gift of salvation in him. Number two, he calls them the church of God and says that they are, quote, sanctified in Christ Jesus. And he emphasizes that they are saints sanctified, forgiven sinners, to those in every place who believe and love the Lord Jesus and who call upon him. Number three, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We recognize that apostolic greeting. It's not only an apostolic greeting of fraternal affection, but also an absolution in its own right. In other words, grace to you, peace from God our Father. We should see that as communicating the grace of God, the undeserved love, and the peace of sins forgiven for Jesus' sake to us. Number four, it is Trinitarian in its language, as it specifically mentions God the Father and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, but also implied is the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us by the word of the Lord and who bestows the grace of God upon us for Jesus' sake. 
Number five, Paul gives thanks to God for the Corinthian Christians and how they were enriched by God's grace and therefore were lacking in no good gift. Number six, Paul promises that the Lord is faithful and will sustain them in his forgiveness, guiltless, until the day of his coming. So this is how the epistle reads. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this epistle just overflows with the grace of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ to us. God is faithful, by whom you were called to faith into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I think we can say then that on the basis of this comforting epistle, that it is because of these promises of God's grace in Christ that we have received, that we love the Lord with all our heart. We mention this theme quite often. It's all over the New Testament. We love him because he first loved us. And that love for us is not merely an historical fact, which it is, demonstrated in his death and resurrection for our sins upon the cross. But that love comes to us in the here and now. No wonder we pray, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because there in the house of the Lord, we meet Jesus, who has died for us, who is risen from the dead never to die again, and who by his word continues to love us. That we, born of that love, by a miracle of the Spirit, might love him and might love our neighbor. How would you summarize the coming Sunday's propers in terms of law and gospel? Yeah. The law must address that we don't love God with our whole being, that we are to surrender our whole being to God, but we don't want to do that. Our old Adam, our sinful flesh, just absolutely fights against this. So the command to love does not produce the fruit of love. Number two, the law must address that we love ourselves more than our neighbor. And any notion that loving the neighbor means simply appealing to his appetites and desires. So if he wants to change who he is as a man or a woman, well, the loving thing to do would be to embrace it. That is a lie. Number three, that we hate our enemies. The law's got to address that. And the holding on to sin, the bearing of the grudge, the thinking of ourselves better than others. All of that flows from this kind of idea. And the law's got to address any form of hatred against our enemies that would withhold from them mercy and compassion and 
love. And number four, the law must address the recognition of sin and evil in the world. The exposure and identification of self-centered hatred and maniacal wickedness is itself evidence that there is an opposite goodness and transcendent truth, the love of God in Christ. Let me just elaborate on that a little bit. You know, the fact that even an unbeliever can recognize certain evil in the world and certain wickedness in the world is itself the evidence that there is an opposite goodness and an opposite transcendent truth. And that, of course, is anchored in the love of God in Christ. Now, the unique gospel for the day, I would say four things. Number one, that Jesus loves his Father and is willing to suffer the wrath of God rather than turn away from his Father's will. That Jesus surrenders his whole being to his Father. He does what we are wholly incapable of doing. And he does that out of love for his Father and out of love for us. And that leads to the second point, that Jesus loves us and is willing to suffer and die for us so that we might be saved and that we might live in his love and in the fellowship of his forgiveness from God toward us and from him toward one another. Number three, that Jesus loves those who hate him and wanted to destroy him. You know, his argument with the Sadducees and then with the Pharisees was not simply an argument to be right, but an argument to crucify their impenitence and self-righteousness so that their faith would be in him alone. And finally, number four, the self-giving sacrificial love of Christ in the cross fulfills the totality of the scriptures and is itself the greatest testimony to the truth of Christianity. And I think at this point, Todd, to return to the hymn of the day, Thee will I love, my strength, my tower. We already quoted verse 1. Verse 2 through 5 read as follows. And as we hear these words, we think about all that Jesus endured and was willing to let go of for our sakes because he loved the Father with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his mind and strength. Thee will I love my life, my Savior, who art my best and truest friend. Thee will I love and praise forever, for never shall thy kindness end. Thee will I love with all my heart, thou my Redeemer art. I thank thee, Jesus, Son from heaven, whose radiance hath brought light to me. I thank thee who hast richly given all that could make me glad and free. I thank thee that my soul is healed by what thy lips revealed. O oh, keep me watchful then and humble. Permit me never more to stray. Uphold me when my feet would stumble and keep me on the narrow way. Fill all my nature with thy light, O oh, radiance, strong and bright. Thee will I love, my crown of gladness. Thee will I love, my God and Lord. Amid the darkest depths of sadness, and not for hope of high reward. For thine own sake, O light divine, so long as life is mine. Pastor Peter Bender is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex, Wisconsin, and director of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. Peter, thank you. Thank you, Todd. 
Tuesday on Issues Etc., we'll discuss the war on men with Dr. Owen Strahan, and we'll look forward to Sunday morning, according to the three-year lectionary, talking with Pastor Sean Denzer about the parable of tenants in Matthew 21. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. In a world awash with all sorts of information, opinions, and ideas, there is still a place where God's Word is the central and only focus. Messiah Lutheran Church, 801 North Madison, Lebanon, Illinois. At 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, God's people gather there to listen to Him. There you will find His words of law and gospel, and of course, our Lord's Holy Supper. Bible classes focus on the Bible and the Lutheran confessions. Come, listen, believe, and live, and check out our website at messiahlebanon.org.